You're listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. We're going to wrap up erotic thriller months with Clint Eastwood's directorial debut, Play Misty for Me. You no trouble. Me, fifth element. Supreme being. You will be a weapon. You will be a minister of death, praying for war. But until that day, you are cute. Sound off like you got a pair. Welcome to the podcast. We're your host. I'm editor Brian Elkins. With me here tonight, cinematographer Jared Callen. Good to see you, Brian. It is nice to be seen, sir. We also have director of photography, Mike Griggs. Hello. Howdy, howdy. And costume designer, Kristen Jones. Hello, hello. And we are wrapping out Erotic Thriller Month with Clint Eastwood's Play Misty for Me. The actual, uh, his actual directorial debut. Yeah, yeah, it, it's, it uh, shows. It, it it's shows. pretty. <laughs> shows that it was his first one, or it shows that he directed it. <laughs> Both. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Okay. No, nah, no. Nah, upon, upon second viewing, I, I enjoyed it a lot more. So yeah, no, it was good. Very solid. But you enjoyed it more the second viewing. Oh yeah, totally. Did you not? Did it go down as you watched it? Uh, no, I I, th- I feel like I got the same thing out of it, you know. Yeah, what what was it about the second viewing that you didn't feel like you received on the first? Uh, that I got over it being as, as kind of wompy as it is. Wompy, like like lots of handheld camera, like old film stock. It it it, it got that that was a little bit jarring to me, but uh, but yet again with how low budget it is. But no, like just like how loose it is. It, it just it feels like somebody's first film, but there's some really good stuff in there, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, like that was the I had had to get over myself to enjoy it, if that makes mm-hmm. sense. And it's actually after speaking to Brian for a while because he talked about, well, man, I like seeing you know these indie films. And when he when he like described it as an indie film, it kind of let me relax a little bit more and enjoy it as well. I think. <laughs> I, okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so basically, yeah. I, just, I had to get over my shit. You know. You were rejecting <laughs> yourself. Is what you're saying. I was what. Being snobby is what you're saying. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. That's exactly right, Kristen. Okay. I had an air of snobbery about me about it, you know? I mean, that's. I think that's fair and appropriate for anyone to, to assess about themselves is their, their mentality, their, 
mood going into a movie because sometimes I've been in a bad mood and turned a movie off because I'm like, I'll not enjoy this movie and I really want to because I'm just not in the right headspace to watch it. Absolutely. That, that didn't, yeah. It's, a, it's important. Yeah, well, so that's like we've talked about before. Sometimes uh, on these, like, I don't know, for me, an older film. I, I didn't I didn't like watch a lot of older films. I was kind of like trapped in the movies of the time that I was growing up. In. Sure, sure. I, I didn't like experience older films. So when I watch an older film, it's a little bit harder for me to to fall into it, which is why I was completely uh, shocked by uh, a lot of Hitchcock stuff. I was like, wow, this really fucking holds up. So when you see something like this that has a little bit of an old kind of like feel to it, uh, the boogers stand out a lot more. Uh, but that's OK. I, I actually found some of that endearing on the second view. Hmm. Yeah, I saw a lot of people are comparing it to Hitchcock, this movie particularly. And do you think so? I, yeah, I know. I, I mean, disagree. Hitchcock was so Just close to old? this, like it's understandable. <laughs> Maybe I guess. No, this is what, not really. Seventy-one. Yeah, and that was ten years removed from Hitchcock. Uh, uh, no, guess... Family Plot came out in the seventies, right? His last movie. I'm talking about like his big stuff that people would think of. Oh, Wasn't the Birds yeah. in like sixty-seven, sixty-eight? Yeah, yeah. So you know. I don't know. I feel like there was a few enough movies from Hitchcock that were super close to this that it was a valid comparison. Well, I mean, you know, just the, just the. I think if any time a woman pulls out a knife, you know, or, or like there, if there's if yeah. there's ever if there's yeah. ever a knife in a hand going down like like that, you know, uh, I just think that that that's very you know people think oh Hitchcock yeah well I there, think there's the a same, blade the same thing also with the fact that there's a woman who's not like super feminine and you know nurturing and she's just kind of a cold hearted killer. She's yeah. very nurturing. She picked up groceries at least three times. Dude, well, yeah, sure. she was but trying to feed that, that man. But other than that, and that, I think that gets a lot of the comparison to Hitchcock also. You think she was going to make that corned beef from scratch or was she going to buy it? I, she couldn't find it, so who knows? <laughs> okay. I had, to, yeah. had, to, had to eat that pastrami. <laughs> Honestly, she seems like a kind of. I, I think she'd make it from scratch. I feel like I she's got some good know. recipes. I'm not gonna lie. I think he needs to give her a chance. You know, I mean, <laughs> what? I know, I know, I know. She's a little overbearing, but do, man, if she's willing to, to make ask, corned beef, do we need to ask? Did anyone here find her attractive for like a minute and think, oh wow, there's the perfect woman? <sighs> hey, what perfect up? Perfect woman is a really I mean, strong not, term. I thought she was. I I thought Jessica Walter was gorgeous when she was first on screen. But the second that, first of all, how loud was her car that this dude felt the need to walk out of his house at like four or five o'clock in the morning and shout at them? And I was was it. I think like, just, there's just people bad. trying to sleep. Like that's a classic. It, it, like you're in New York car? and there's people shouting at each other on the street. Like wh- what is this? You're standing at your front door. People are trying to sleep. What? Or is what? it people talking? Is it people talking in the car? Was or was it the car? I, I mean, like, I didn't. I didn't get that. At least like have like music in the background so we can assume that her radio was too loud or something. Well, like I didn't understand that. They probably like they didn't have like all the nice modern like windows and shit that we have now. It's probably like sound travels. You can hear people talking. Yeah, but again, like how loud was her car that he would feel the need to walk out? Maybe he just couldn't sleep and took it out on them. And he's like, those assholes are awake and they look happy and I'm going to go fuck them up. I mean, I understand the point of the scene. Like it, it did a really great job showing how easily she could just fucking flip on anybody at any point in time. It just the lead up didn't quite make sense to me. Yeah, but the second time that she loses her shit, like when she like shows up and, and she like, shouts at those dudes. Yeah, but like she's like sitting in his car when he comes out after she's already like tried to call 
And oh, then, yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Uh, and then, then she, like, steals his keys. And, like, that instantly pisses people off, bro. Don't fucking yeah. do that. Yeah. You know? <laughs> yeah. He, he did a really good job, like, like holding his cool, but also, like, illustrating that he was angry. I thought that that moment worked really well for him. I don't know, man. He gets he, he goes total aggro on her. And those, and those dudes, this is really interesting. I'd like to talk about this. Like, in that scene that we're talking about, like, you know, uh, she takes his keys. And he's like, hey, what the fuck, man? Give me my fucking keys. And he gets real, like, kind of angry at her. And then, like, off screen, we hear some, some dudes, like, I guess above them say having some trouble lady and then and then fucking uh, I, I love the old the old style speak I guess like you know this because it can instantly Clint Eastwood goes he goes get lost and then she's like yeah get lost assholes and then like uh, like the look that they give each other that, that's all played on them but all the you know people they're talking to is all off screen. Is that kind of weird to you that we never see them? That it's no, just you like see played, them played all in VO. They're on the top. No, you know, no, they're on the top of no, the stairs. Know, yeah, the top you of see the them stairs. For, you yeah. See them, yeah. And they're really? they're coming out of the restaurant that, that he just no. came out of. No, I'm talking but, about when that when that when they're talking, it, it's all done via like it stays on them. them oh that, yeah, like, yeah. When they're talking, yeah. When they're like, oh that yeah, guy, he, the guy's got enough trouble. Uh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. He, he's got enough trouble already. Yeah. Why don't we just fucking get the fuck out of here? No, I think that's fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I, I didn't thought that's kind of that. weird that it was just via. Yeah. Oh, their looks is what's important in that moment. That's what you want to. That's what you want to be with Dude. and see. Yeah, he throws that look at her like, what the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think that's the first time where he kind of really recognizes, oh, she's not just, like, clingy. She's kind of psycho. Yeah, yeah, but he keeps sleeping with her, man. Oh, like, bro, he does he not stop himself. Man, am I right? <laughs> Chick just shows up. <laughs> he's like, oh, yes, I will have some of that, and goodbye. Good day. But after oh, yeah. this, Please. but after, we need to talk. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. We need to have she- a conversation. Well, she she shows up on the porch and like fucking drops her damn like flasher robe and then uh, and then after she already has which which is actually a really a really badass Snoopy doll uh, <laughs> <laughs> for some reason I don't get that like did they go to a fair or something like how does the fucking giant Snoopy thing play in uh, I don't know yeah I don't know I wonder how much Charles Schultz got paid for this um, <laughs> but anyways no like she she drops she drops she drops fucking the uh, her robe and she's naked and then she does this like evil little giggle. Like, he has so many fucking cues, man. Like, <laughs> gotta run, bro. I-, I get it, you know? Like, but he- apparently he's not hurting for getting laid. He's just, it's just like, whatever. It's like, she's like, this chick is throwing herself at it's me. It's just convenient. She keeps showing up at his house with food. Like, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> with food and pussy. I mean, yeah. You know, it's just, it's just every- everything a grown boy needs. <laughs> Whoa! Um, you know, I, I, uh, I, this this old eighty year old lady once said, uh, you know, I don't remember where, where it came from, but she said that the uh, <laughs> the best way to keep a marriage uh, going is uh, keep his balls empty and his belly full. So, oh yeah. my god, it's old, old what school the wisdom. Hell? What kind of grandma <laughs> have you been hanging out with? What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> Let me tell you something, Sonny. You gotta Look, here's the here's the secret to life, kid. <laughs> Balls empty, belly full. <laughs> happy man. Holy crap! Whatever happened to happy wife, happy life? Come on. No, that's also there. But hey, man, you know it goes both ways, right? <laughs> what the hell, Jared? <laughs> You could probably cut all this. I don't know. Oh, no. This is all standing. <laughs> so let's get back on topic. Uh, so right before the scene where she shows up and, and, and drops her stuff, there's some really like like nice like day for night stuff going on there, which is kind of... Okay, I thought the same thing, actually, and I started writing it down. But then as soon as he walks into his, his little like 
um, garage thing, whatever. He flips on a light, and it's like way brighter than anything else. Yeah, that that freaked me out. Like I was like, okay, I know that this is it, it's day for night because of, like the way that they that it is. Yeah, outside. there's there's too it's, much it's, stuff it's, happening out there. Like so, either he flipped a switch and like a fucking two K came on so that it would like feel like it's a similar thing, or they really had like a giant eighteen K something out there. But the sky was doing the moon. Up, yeah. Okay, so I don't know. I noticed at the end they do a. F- some of that is like uh, shot at night, and then some of it, the inti- interior stuff, when he's walking through his girlfriend Toby's house, some of that stuff mm-hmm. is day for night. Because you can clearly right. see out the window, and the everything's lit, and you can see where the sunlight's even coming in. But then once he goes into that room, I, I don't know if that's day for night or if that was shot at night, and that's just a couple of lights that are being tr- i don't know it's hard to tell well, de- definitely him driving to her her house at the end yes on that definitely. really long drive yeah that's from day the, for night for sure there, there, there's some day for night stuff in there but also but this scene where, where she like he goes on the porch and then she shows up because she's standing out in the yard and she's in fucking total silhouette because she's backlit uh by the sun and then they've got the day for night filter in but you're right it is weird when he turns that light on that had me questioning like is this this may not be mid-afternoon this may be you know later in the day where the exposure isn't as bright coming from the day where they could match with whatever lights that they had. Yeah, regardless of how they actually implemented the technique, like it, I think it all cuts together really well. Yeah, it's it's nice. I like it. I read something that he 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 shot this all in like thirty days or something like that. So they were moving pretty quick. Yeah, it, man, I, like the time frame on when this thing was shot was it, it's just all over the place. I've heard like twenty days, thirty days, four and a half weeks. And it's like what the fuck? Pick a number, people. They had to make room for that that jazz festival documentary in the middle. I think that's probably how they oh did a little God. bit of this uh, right? funding. Funding on this was probably uh, funded by the Monterey Jazz Festival. Well, Clint Eastwood did become mayor of that town, like oh, le- legitimately he's playing the game. <laughs> that's right. I mean, that's that's another thing I was saying. You know, like some of the things that are hard to to sit with on this. So a lot of stuff's like really long. A lot of the scenes like kind of overplay themselves. Or like I mean, the jazz just... festival is the only one to me that felt like they they just kept a little bit more in because of the fact that they were capturing it. They needed to cut some of it. Yeah. And then like after they did the festival outside, then they go to the inside one, and there's that sort of quasi music video stuff where they're fast cutting a, a bunch of shots. Those were the only sections that I was like, all right. I mean, some of this could be dialed back, but it's it, it's fun. And for a movie that's about a guy who plays music all the time for the radio, like it it makes sense that it's in it. Well, on my second viewing, it looked like he they were there recording, and then they played it on their show. Yeah, yeah. no, and then I he, definitely he saw that. Drop yeah, he's that. got so the like tape there, there was a yeah. reason why they're there. Oh, for sure. Uh, but it, it's just like really long, <laughs> and you know, it, it's cool. It, it it makes me feel like you know, like 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 people may have like you know how Woodstock was really badass. Like this is cool oh hundred percent fucking hundred percent yes yeah absolutely. like it's totally totally like playing on that like Woodstock. Uh, documentary feel. It's not as grimy, you know. It's it's like look, we're not, we're not as, but we got hippies and people throwing peace signs too, you know. Yeah, and they've got cameras roaming and like, you know, camera you shadow see, on like three different people for some did of those. You see shots. all the pedestal cameras like in front of the stage, <laughs> shooting the actual concert, the stuff that was actually there. It's kind of neat seeing all the old tech. But you know, I, really, you talking about slow scenes? I I think the lovemaking, walk in the woods. The beach, the woods, the that scene goes on for fucking ever. That's about, that, that was the next thing I would say. Well, you know, yeah, you, know, you gotta, you don't like that obligatory. 
It goes <laughs> on forever. I'm just like w- walk through the meadow, go to the beach, and then well, fuck. Why are we walking hitting, in the no, woods as no, well? They're, no, they're hitting. They're, they're showing how much like he he he's in love with he he likes having sex with all these women, and you know he's he's possibly a sex addict. Who knows? <laughs> he can't he can't he can't he can't turn it down even if it's crazy, and you know but. He's actually in love with Toby, and so we have to show that, you know, I guess. So we have the obligatory walking on the beach, and then, you know, they have fucking sex in, in a crazy fucking, like, ivy fucking field, cl- giant clover. Uh, you <laughs> giant know, clover. I, it was insane. It was giant clover. And then, then, then we go fucking a fucking waterfall. <laughs> yeah. And then, then we're going to go stand on hot. a cliff overlooking the ocean with a palm tree in shot. silhouette <laughs> with the oh sun going God. down. That like, shot was was dope as shit. That was a badass shot. I just that don't I need all that. that. I just don't That's need what I'm all saying. that. No, no, no. I just think that this is Clint Eastwood going like we have to sell that the, these people are like the, he, he's. This is not just another girl for him, bro. That, you know, that this is you got to do something more than just showing me some physical interaction. Like show me actually like spending time with her or something. You know, like it's just like uh, yeah. This is how they spend time together. Okay. Well, you know, oh, I, yeah, I was thinking about enough. that too. They you know they, they do a lot of walking around, and I was like, damn, this is in a world with no like internet. No, no, they're not watching Netflix. Yep. There's nothing yep. else to do, but they can walk around. I was like, damn, am I, I'm not walking enough. Got to got to put those roses in your cheeks. A nice brisk walk through the woods. But I did walk to a waterfall recently, and I can fucking tell you that they're too fucking cold to fuck in. Like, uh, <laughs> or he, like maybe, maybe that's why they weren't really fucking. They were like holding on to each other. Like, yeah, they're oh, like, don't uh, shiver. Don't shiver uh, for the fucking camera. Uh, <laughs> but it was also a really tiny waterfall, because maybe somebody's pouring a bucket off the side of a hill, and it's something they created. I don't know. But... Waterfalls I don't know. That cold. was a that was a long zoom out. That that seemed like it was a natural element. But you are correct. Waterfalls are hella cold. Yeah, you remind me about the zoom. This this movie's showing off how badass their zooms are because There's they do a lot this, of zooms. They do this one fuck. Well, the whole movie's kind of pushing in. Uh, but they, they they fucking like um. There's this really long zoom where they're like laying on the on a ta- on a towel or something, and it like zooms from like. The, the, a massive wide shot all the way into a full shot of them laying there, and then it like kind of tilts up, and you see like chick staring at them. Uh, insane fucking zooms in this movie. <laughs> Huge. The lenses must be like seriously, like like fucking wider than I could hold my arms out. <laughs> Massive. <laughs> I like I like most of the zooms. I think they most of them are really nice. Uh, they play, yeah. It, it 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 it's definitely a style for the film. Yeah, it it, it, se- it seems thought out. It dates it a little, but because there I are mean, a this lot was of seventy one. Like that was the beginning of the the crash zooms and. All of the fun long zoom era that this that was like a whole fucking decade. I think it, I think it works for what they're trying to do with it. Yeah, yeah, it really does. Yeah, and it has that voyeuristic style. It's like somebody's really far away looking in on you. Uh, it, yeah, it, it totally works for that kind of a subject. Like if well, if they're supposed following. to be a stalker, then give me some fucking zooms or start start long zoom and zoom out and then have a hand come in and crunch part of the fucking like tree. Oh yeah, what the fuck was that? That's funny. <laughs> so mad, I'm gonna tear this tree down. <laughs> How dare you say you're gonna let me die? Or wait, what, yeah, yeah, that, that is what he was gonna say, right? He's just like, yeah, I'll just let that bitch commit suicide next time. Clint Eastwood's kind of a dick in this. I know he's the victim, but he's also kind of an asshole. <laughs> he's an asshole in everything he plays. I think that's just his character. Well, yeah. he's not always an <laughs> asshole. Yes, I is. thought he was pretty actually <laughs> nice in this compared to some of his other roles. <laughs> Really? He's kind of always an asshole, yeah. Put put this in perspective. Clint Eastwood was 40 years old when he shot this film. He's been fucking 40-year-old yeah. forever. That's true. That's he's 41 true, when it came out, but he was 40 when they shot it. Uh, it's just it's just yeah. weird. Like He's just been old forever. 
I mean, he was 40 for like 20 years, and then he was like 70 for the last 30. So, like, he's just got like several ages that just stay. I want to see the mirror in his attic. <laughs> Is that it? Or the painting. Oh, yeah, yeah, the painting, yeah. Um, Kristen, because I can't tell. Is is 40-year-old Clint Eastwood hot? What do you mean you can't tell? Why, what are you confused about? I don't know. Is, is, is it warranted that all these women are, are throwing themselves at him? Or is well, it just because he's, he's a local celebrity? I think it's a mixture of both. I do think he's attractive. Like, I don't... It's not like, who was that guy that I couldn't figure out why people thought he was attractive? Kevin Costner? <laughs> No, Michael well, Douglas? yeah, but Michael Douglas. that's not who I was talking about. Um, yes, Michael Douglas. <laughs> um, no, no, no. I can look at Clint Eastwood. He's attractive. Like I get it, and I think it, part of it is that he's a, a local celebrity. But I think also part of it is that he's kind of a dick and he doesn't care. And when you have that kind of persona, you attract crazy people who are like, "I'm going to make you care about me," and so it kind of goes together, you know. And so, yeah, women do throw themselves at you yeah, when you, you have know, that it, kind of personality. And he's he's playing the double card because on on the radio show he's like reading poetry and, yeah and he's like you know yeah this is mu- this is music to fuck to here's some poetry <laughs> you know <laughs> you need to find someone on this cool cool night he's also got like <laughs> he's got pretty nice hair like it has some like movements and bounce to it I like fuck yeah he does yeah, it's it's like it's like totally up in in, in 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 that like style yeah it's it's pretty nice it's that I drive a convertible hair he, like the way his face looks it's kind of like. If I had feelings, I would care about you. It's kind of like a challenge to if crazy people. Feelings. And like, and yeah, and so I can see why women would throw themselves at him. Yeah, that makes sense to me. Yeah, you talk about his hair, like in that, like when he's, he's finally hooking up with Toby, there's this weird, and this scene's a little too long. It goes into this weird, like, silhouette. They're in the woods, but it's pitch fucking black except for this one fucking light that they have on them. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it's yeah, backlit, yeah. and it's like a minute and a half too long. That was really weird, but I, but it gave me a lot of chance to like really look at his hair, and I was like, I bet he's real happy about his hairline right here because you can't see anything really happening. Like this is he's forty and he's still rocking it, you know. He's he's doing good. That's fair. Yeah. That's fair. <laughs> when you're watching the scene so long, that's really all you have to look at, you know. Well, I mean, since we're talking about hair, I mean, I honestly feel like his hair is better than any of the women in this, which is unusual. Oh, dude, Toby's you know? haircut. Oh, that poor woman. <laughs> oh, that poor woman. Well, they knew they were going to cut it off anyways. Like with the massive like fucking scissors. It looks like end. Lego hair, bro. Like you know the little mini figures. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it looks like. <laughs> it, it's so is that okay? Is that a mullet or is it just crazy? She have bangs it's and so is it close crazy? to a like, mullet, dude. Is it? I don't, like, I, I don't like, know. I feel like it's a Brady Bunch kind of style that like just got no, they cut flip way up, way too right? short. They kind of have a yeah, but <laughs> it's like you tried, but then you kept cutting, it's like and then you're like, it's like it's still kind of. It's like more bohemian. It's, it's like, it's not... isn't that in style right now? Isn't that what all the little hipsters are wearing? And like, not obviously here, but like in, you know, in bigger England cities. And shit. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like that look, and I think it's awful, is, is actually very <laughs> trendy right now. Well, even Evelyn's hair was kind of bad. Like, yeah, her hair was also bad, but at least it was like... It was like scary. It had like <laughs> it was like a it was hairs. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like bad. It just like wasn't good. I feel kind of neutral about Evelyn's hair. Just her dark eyes and the, and the way that frames her face. A lot of times, you're just like, man, she's oof, oof. Well, I feel like Evelyn uh, Jessica Walters has such a strong face. Like her eyes, like yeah. her whole yeah. like I didn't really care about her hair as much. Whereas Toby doesn't really have much going on, and so you kind of look <laughs> at her and you're. Just, Lacking, you know. 
Yeah. Do you think Jessica Walters was trying to cut Toby's hair to match hers, or was she just like trimming oh, it no for the, way. the hell of it? No, I that that's no, because I don't think she wanted to be her, or you know, like that's that's like a whole other level of crazy. I think she was just like cutting it off, like how dare you have this hair that he touches and he likes, and oh, he likes well, she was saying like she's hair. like I, we got to get you ready for Dave. Cut, cut, hope cut, he, cut. Hope he likes and, what he sees but, when he gets here. I mean, if I was crazy. That's what with him to hell. If I was <laughs> crazy like this and stalking somebody and the person that I was stalking who I thought was in a relationship with me who started dating somebody else and I was going to kill her because I'm crazy, um, I would say the shit like that just because, like, I'm going to carve you up, right? You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to carve you up and this is which, how I'm going to present you to him, you know? Because then, obviously... Right? Like, like, that's what she was doing. I don't know. I'm yeah. very scared now, Kristen. <laughs> no, like, no, because what do you think she's doing? She's not, like, giving her a haircut to be like, hey, like, let's get you pretty for your date tonight. That's not what she's doing. She's no, killing her. No, that's not what she's doing. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I think she's carving her up. That's all I'm saying. As evidenced by her, the she's fact that she tries to carve her up. Okay, like, I'm not coming out of nowhere, Brian. <laughs> If she cuts up people's wardrobes, she can cut up people's hair. You know, that's true. <laughs> Slashing people's paintings, biggest pair of scissors, fucking ever. Okay, the painting, the ever. Painting, I have a thing about the painting. The painting is weird because does that mean that Toby is obsessed with Dave, and Dave is obsessed with Toby, and Evelyn's obsessed with Dave, and there's like all these fucking crazy obsessed people. I think like, because even if you, love, if you think, though. well, if you, no, 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 are they though? Like, I don't, I'm like, it, they, maybe they are, but like, if the the movie opens on this like helicopter with him shot, standing on her, uh, he's standing on her porch, yeah, looking yeah, at yeah. his painting, you know, like, like I guess he's just checking in to see if she's there, yeah, but I don't know, like, like he, like yeah. he's. The no, painting of him they, is weird. It's like, it's, like, it's like that's all she has to think about is she's going to paint him. It's like, is that, a, is that obsessive? No, uh, okay. Okay. So I think I think that the painting was representative of their relationship that they had before. Because he starts there and he's pining for what he had with her, but she's not at the house. All he sees is this weird interpreted reflection of himself in this painting. And so it's kind of like starting the movie with this guy really loves himself, but actually what he's looking for is someone who can love him the way that he sees in this painting and so the fact that the house is empty and then they she comes back later and he's chasing down this girl with the with the the sweater and he's like oh i thought you were someone else and he finds out she's still there they had a whole giant history that they have a a conversation about and the painting is just like this thing that reminds them that they once were good together and maybe they could try it again and so Jessica Walters attacking it the way she is is like she's trying to kill him, but she's also trying to kill the relationship because she wants what the painting represents of them having enough time together for the painting to have happened in the first place. I also think that it's safe to attack the painting because I feel like as soon as Clint Eastwood shows up and is like, baby, I'm sorry, she'll be like, no, it's OK. Not don't worry about it. And But she's still angry at him. So this is oh, 100%, yeah. taking it out on the painting because it's a safer way to do it. She has no control of her emotions at all. And the painting is definitely an easy way to express some of those things. I thought that that like that, that painting was a symbol, a, a symbol of Toby's uh, like love or like his, her attraction to him. Like yeah, she, for she, sure. She's, she's focused so much on him that she can like do this, and then and then like uh, Evelyn looks at it and is like, "No, you've got this all wrong." The eyes, the, the eyes, eyes, the eyes are more cold because uh, he looks at me with contempt all the fucking well, time. She said, "She said golden." <laughs> Like I thought she said more cold. I thought she no, said she cold said, too. Yeah, she said cold. Really? Yeah, she said cold. Yeah. Oh well, damn. 
That's what I'm saying, yeah. He's got cool. Even though he's eyes. scowling. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what Clint Eastwood is fucking famous for, man. Yeah, that fucking stare. Like this. Yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna squint my eyes. Oh shit, I'm scared. Wait. Don't. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do think the movie would have been better if he had cast somebody else to play the the DJ outside of himself. Because not that I don't, I, I, okay, I don't think Clint Eastwood's a, a bad actor. I love Clint Eastwood. I think he's he's, he's great. But it's like sometimes the stares, it it is kind of an iconic thing. Clint Eastwood stare, the squint. Uh, there are moments where he does take me out of the movie. Just just him being him. Really? Not be, not not know. being bad. I, you know. I see. I feel like he kind of. I feel like he understands his persona. His his movie going persona, like the way that he is seen in all these movies that he's been doing for like two decades, and he kind of embraces that in a lot of ways, and he leans into it. Like he knows he knows what people see him as in movies, and he leans into that while he's directing himself. And that I don't think that's hard. That's easy to do. I think that was that was a difficult thing. Oh no, because directing yourself isn't exactly an easy thing in the first place. I I, I agree, but it's just any different actor it would have been better. Yeah, I don't think you're wrong in that sense. I did enjoy him in it, though. I feel like this is not a role that I would normally see him in, and so it was kind of interesting to see him in this. I don't know that he was... I don't think he was bad. I don't think he's bad at all. I, I enjoyed him in this. I, I, again, I don't think it's... It, it, he is bad. I don't think he's doing anything bad. It's just his persona, his movie starness. I can see it, you know? Oh, but I think it, yeah. okay, maybe I see what you're saying, but I think it works though because he has that douchey local celebrity kind of thing. And so yeah. it, I think yeah. it works. That's but true. But I see what you're saying. Like, yeah. It, like everybody knows, the cop even knows him, but he doesn't listen to him. You know, like everybody seems to know who he oh, is. Oh, that cop listens. He fessed up later. That cop totally <laughs> fessed up. He let that shit slip. Clayce was like, oh, you do listen, don't you, buddy? <laughs> I'd so, give my left arm if we had a fucking TV at the goddamn precinct. <laughs> I think it's very interesting that we that we're doing this one last uh, because I see a lot of other films in this, especially um, Fatal Attraction. Oh my god, there's like holy there's like, shit. There's, there there are, there are fucking like story beats that are exactly the same. Oh this. my god. Well, I thought Fatal Attraction was based on this. No, it? it's not. Wait, really? <laughs> Bullshit. I mean, hold on a minute. Let's go through all of the really beats. pissed <laughs> on the behind the scenes. He was just like, well, you know, when Fatal Attraction, uh, you know, uh, remade this, ripped this movie off. Uh, and then he used like a bunch of other words. <laughs> yeah. Well, fuck yeah, they uh, did, dude. Unofficial remake is what's been, ac- it's been accused oh, of. Oh, unofficial um, remake? Okay. I, yeah, I yeah. thought it was a remake. On the, on the fucking second view, man, I was like, holy shit. So they, they have, they have the scene where they're like, okay, look, this is, we're adults here. You know, we're, we're here yep, to fuck. Yep. Yeah, and then and then like and then later she like buys him some shoes. She's like, "All right, it's time for a Madam Butterfly moment." And I was like, "What's yep. happening? Yep. What's happening?" <laughs> <laughs> and then cut the whole fucking knife thing, and, and the and the cut the fucking like and walk away and cut the wrists. Yeah, yep. like in I was the like, fucking what? bathroom, and he yes. breaks on the door and all that shit. Well, well, no, like she comes in the other one. She comes back around, like Glenn Close oh, comes that's around right, and comes that's to right, him. Yeah. The, the him breaking the bathroom down, and she's like in some like tableau. Where she's like in a in a in a in a pose and then she falls in this really awkward position. That felt a little like Oh no, I loved it because in the next scene, like you find out that the doctor's just like, Yeah, but that wasn't like those aren't real rest cuts. She wasn't really trying to kill herself. She was probably just doing this for show. Oh okay, so that shows yeah. all right, so all right, yeah. all right, all right, never mind. All right, all right. I get it. Everyone knows if you're trying to do it, you cut down the <laughs> Yeah, yeah. And yeah, hers were the across. across the street. Yeah. <laughs> across the multiples. Street. No, go down the river, not across the street. Yeah, um. <laughs> suicide one hundred and one. Here with Jerry. Yeah, Kelly. children. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> 
<laughs> but anyways, no. Uh, so wh- where does this fall? What? <laughs> Like if this was so much inspiration for you know the the boom of the uh, you know eighties and nineties erotic thrillers, what where, where does this film get its like inspiration from to to be what it is? Psycho. So this was this you, you feel a lot of psycho in this. That was the. I mean, precursor. Yeah, I'm. It, yeah, I mean, you're gonna, you'd have to take it from like uh, those Italian giallos and slasher films. I didn't think about that. Yeah, but I mean that's okay. you know that, I feel like that's where most erotic thriller like the erotic thrillers are either going to take their inspiration from noirs or slasher films, you know, and sometimes they combine those two genres together. Slasher noirs for the win. I I do feel like this one feels more like a a slasher movie. It really does. There's a lot of killing with the knife, or knives plural. And you know now you said Jalo, and then now I'm thinking about his like fucking crazy house that he lives in like a terrarium or whatever. Uh, like, I fucking love his house, man. <laughs> I couldn't understand. Every time he has it. to walk across that pond, like, yeah, the geography was a little bit weird. Well, he in has some he moments, has that upper but... room, like you know, where she comes in, and like like he he's in his like office, and the, and his buddy shows up, and they're talking, and she shows up, and she has like groceries and shit, and then so he's got like this upper office room that has a kitchen tied to it. No, it's not. But then it's like, not upper. It's all it's all one floor. Is it all one? It's floor? All it just one feels floor. like that's in. A, it feels like floor. that's in a different spot because then you can you can come in this like back like. Like wooden door, and then you have to step across the koi pond and duck under and duck under the fucking like railroad tie beam to get into where he sleeps. That's also kind of open air. I think that's all the same courtyard yeah. area. It's all that big tree and that koi pond where they have to step on the stones to go across. I think that's all the same area. There's only I, it's, it's it's really cool. There's only that but, one. But door. you said you said you said Jalo, and what's interesting is is there, there's like reds and greens in there. It's like splashes of those colors. Yeah, I love that, that he's that are, just got like a fucking red light bulb in his house. Yeah, yeah. So and and, and it lights up certain things at times, and he, and he walks through those colors, and that totally uh, lends into that style of film. And a lot of stuff in that in that whole place feels very dreamy, like like you're questioning. Yeah. If it okay. Well, the moment when she when he wakes up and she's like trying to stab into the pillow, and then Makes he no blinks sense. his eyes. I was like, Here's "Whoa, that was a fucking nightmare." And then and then the cop is there, and they pan over to the fucking knife and the pillow, and I was like, "Wait, that actually happened? That was weird." She does this like banshee scream whenever she before she like tries to stab somebody. If she would just shut the fuck up, she might be able to land one of these or every now and then. <laughs> like, <laughs> you think she wants to? I don't think she really wants to kill all these people. Though. No, she wants the attention that comes from being recognized that she could kill you. No, I think she wants um, to be loved, and then she can't obviously can't be loved, and so she's acting out because she still just wants someone to love her. I don't think she really wants to kill these people. She just wants someone to recognize her as a person do you think it's that basic or do you think that she actually has like a mental like an issue maybe oh my gosh she totally has like a mental issue but like i do think it's also that basic (laughs) why won't you love me she keeps stabbing you in the throat (laughs) i just asked no listen like look look we were talking listen because if this was a movie about a man no 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 that's his backstory is how he was abused as a child and no one loved him and everyone bullied him and now like these women won't pay him any attention like this like this movie these movies happen all the time but you just get the backstory for the men but here you don't get the backstory so you just have to guess that's true I like it though better when you don't know the backstory. Like, I'm not saying one way or the other is better. I'm just saying. <laughs> I, don't, I, I don't like I don't like backstories <laughs> for like our villains. I I don't like that. I I think it's better to know not where people come from or like what happened and like these people are just forces in your life that just come in and fuck shit up. You know, it's like <laughs> let's do it. Let's I, I like that. It feels more <laughs> archetypal. Think, and... But backstories are usually 
like half the time you're just like, I don't care. Like I've had worse shit happen to me and I didn't turn out to be a psychotic killer. Like, get over it. <laughs> right. yeah, you know what I yep. mean? Yep. And so yep. like, I, that's yep. part of the reason I don't like backstories. Sometimes <laughs> yes. they're well done, but <laughs> no, I agree. I agree. Like in this situation, in this movie, you don't need to know what's good, what happened with her. You don't need to really know her backstory. I think she's a great compelling character on her own. I agree. I agree. I don't look at her. I don't, I don't really look at her and like, you know, I don't want to know what happened to her or want to save her. I also, but you know, I don't really care about Clint Eastwood and his little girlfriend either. I'm like, look, you guys probably deserved it. Like, I don't know you either, but you probably deserved well, it. Obviously, he he probably cheated on her before. Well, they had an open relationship oh, several times. No, 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 because that's what she yeah. said was, uh, she's like, I know you don't want to be like chained down or whatever, whatever she fucking said. She's like, but I started to get too jealous, and I don't want to be a jealous person. So like, let's just be single and like not in a relationship. And he was like, no, no, no. Like I've, I realized I actually do want to be in a relationship with you. And that's when he is like, let me get rid of this crazy girl. We're going to play the trailer for Play Misty for Me, and we'll be right back. Play Misty for Me. For Clint Eastwood, an invitation to terror. You ever find yourself being completely smothered by somebody? There's no escape in passion. There's no escape in speed. There's no escape from terror. You will change the locks, huh? Nobody asked you to wait for it. You're not jumping me, Buster Blue Eyes! Get off my back, Evelyn! Play Misty for me. Get off my back! Play Misty for me. Get off my back! Play Misty for me. Get off my back! The most terrifying words you'll ever hear. Play Misty for me. The screen's most frightening plunge into terror. Have to get you all nice for David. I hope he likes what he sees when he walks in here. Because that's what he's taking to hell with him. Just hope we're lucky enough to grab her the next time she tries it. Tries what? To kill you. The next scream you hear will be your own. <laughs> All right, we're back. That was a trailer for Clint Eastwood's Play Misty for Me with Freeze Frame. The most terrifying words that you can hear. Play Misty for Me. Those freeze frames were just, um, you know, foreshadowing to the awesome freeze frame in the film. <laughs> Wait, wh- which time? That, like every time? Yeah. They... <laughs> Wait, what, what was the other? I, I definitely saw one on the wrists where, you know, you can see all the... The, the frozen grain. Oh, there's one with the uh, the detective, like I, when he leaves Clint Eastwood and Clint Eastwood's like standing there. If that freeze frames, they do a dissolve. Pretty much every time they do a dissolve, it's a freeze frame to a dissolve. You can actually see the grain like dancing, and then it'll stop, and it dissolves. Yeah, must have been a cheap way to do a dissolve or something. Or they're they just extending out for the frame. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I think like because the actor would move or did something, and they were like, "Oh, why don't we just stop it right there? We'll just do a dissolve." But the ending shot of that with her like uh, stab and stab and run—that's that's her thing. Scream like a banshee, stab, 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 
run away, like scurry off, you know. She's got she's got a good like you know plan at least. She, she's got a method. <laughs> got a nice like escape plan. She knows how to get out of there. <laughs> I, I it's rather scary, like especially at the end, like when she starts jumping out of all the shadows and attacking Clint Eastwood. Like that is pretty terrifying. Yeah, yeah, it was very yeah. tense. He grabs the knife and like slips through his hand. Oh, oh. So that blood going. Oof. Fuck. Oof. Yeah. It's intense. It's very like uh, Day of the Dead colored blood. I'm um, telling you, feels Romero. The blood looked a little, little fake, but very Romero. It didn't. It did not stop the intensity of the scene. That's for sure. He wasn't being very cautious, like walking around corners. If you knew someone's around there, like when you walk, he's walking up to that house and he sees the cop laying there with the scissors stuck in his chest. I yeah, that's I'd, the moment where you would be like slowing down, try to pick up his flashlight or something. That's Clint Eastwood. He doesn't need to be careful. He just didn't have Machismo. his giant gun. <laughs> well, he just hadn't pulled it out of his pants yet. Yeah, he didn't <laughs> look for his gun. That's true. Did the cop not have a gun? Mm-mm. The cop, the cop pulled out a fucking flashlight, and that's all he had. He didn't get a chance to really reply. Well, she she jumped out, she did her banshee thing, and she stabbed him. He did have a chance to, but if he had his gun, he could have shot her. But. I mean, that was the only moment where I was like, hold the fuck on. Like, he would have called it in. He would have told someone else that he was present where he was, and he would have he would have checked in. Guys, this was the 70s. They don't do that. It's, it's not a thing. They didn't have cell phones, Mike. How did he was a fucking radio. He's, he's the he's, goddamn police <laughs> no, but detective like, like, for, like, speak, the whole county or whatever. Speaking of the radio, yeah, when you go in that radio one. station, no. there, that's what I was going to say. If you go to the radio station, there's only one person working the station. You know, like, when one guy shows up, the other guy leaves. There's nobody else working at that station. Same thing at their police station, man. He's the yeah. only guy. Listen, it was a nice, quiet town until all of this happened, okay? <laughs> They're not prepared. We're in a real nice, quiet town here. <laughs> be a shame if something happened to it. I did love how when Clint Eastwood was giving the cop directions, he was like, it's out on this street. It's like the third or fourth house. I don't know. It's got this name on the mailbox. <laughs> Oh, I thought that like, was funny. Hey, like that how, how many times have you been going to this house and you're actually 100% not sure? You're like, I'm pretty sure it's one of those houses. You'll, you'll see it when you get there. It's fine. Yeah, they didn't have maps either. There were no walkies. There were no maps. Nothing. Like People did not communicate Jessica, then. Did Jessica Walker uh, Walters live in that town or did she just like show up? I mean, the implication is that she lived there because she has a house that they go to on that first date. And she yeah. listens to that oh, yeah. to his radio show all the time. I didn't yeah. know how far the signal traveled. Hmm. Fair. Like maybe she was in the next town over, you know. Well, they make a point that uh, Toby lives really far out of town, and she's listening to him. So I don't know. Got to be pretty far. I just feel like this isn't the first time that she's probably like become obsessed with someone and gone a little crazy. And so I feel like I feel like they might know who she is in town. You know what I mean? Oh, if he if he'd actually went to the police a little earlier and like, hey, yeah. let's check this chick out. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, he does. He does a, a lot of machismo where he's like, "I'm not going to tell anyone about this." Because, like, well, is he embarrassed about it? Does he yeah. not want to get exposed? Like, he's con- he's concerned about what's her name finding out that he's doing stuff with this girl. Like, what, you know, there's not a whole lot of implication of why he doesn't want to. He just doesn't want to tell anyone. It's weird that he didn't want the slit wrists to be a thing, or maybe he was holding back because he. Didn't want them to think that he didn't do anything. Well, no, she threatens him in the movie. Yeah. She threatens Clint Eastwood character. She's like, you know, like. Well, if- how, how am I supposed to know that she was going to go through with it? I thought she was bullshit. And next thing I knew, she's cut her fucking wrist. 
Okay, that's not. That can't actually hold up in the court of law. You <laughs> I, yeah, I just say sure it would know. look bad for a local DJ have some random person slit her wrists in his house. He was trying to get that. Uh, I don't, I, where was it? What did they even drop? Where this radio station in this bigger city that he's trying to get? Did they, did they say where that was? No, I don't think they did. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Whatever. I just assumed it was like San Francisco or something like that. But I, I know he's all worried about that. Wasn't that where it was originally supposed to be set? And Clint Eastwood had her, had them move it. Yeah, it was something like that, like L.A. or uh, San Francisco. Oh, was it L.A.? Okay, it was. It was one of those, which is hilarious because, like, that's where Dirty Harry takes place in L.A. Yeah, no, San Francisco. Oh, okay, okay. yeah. Uh, made the same year, and the director Don Siegel, the guy that directed Dirty Harry, is the bartender He's in this the movie. Fucking bartender in this, man. That's, that's awesome. so cool. If you've never seen the original uh, Invasion of the Body Snatchers, highly recommend that. He, he made that movie, and it is a fucking gem. Does he play Cry Bastion in that one? <laughs> no, this is his only uh, on-screen performance that I know of. Really? Yeah. Mm. What a fun little favor to do for Clint Eastwood. Probably didn't have to pay him. <laughs> he made scale. <laughs> he turned around, looked at him, and says, "God, you're dumb." <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, I like that. Let's let's use that in the movie. <laughs> that is a great moment. <laughs> that is a great moment. You know, the, you know the part where she's like calling his house and then like he picks up and he like hangs up on her it, it made me think I, li- I like how long it takes for her to call back because how annoying it is to have to, have to call somebody back on the rotary like, dial <laughs> you're like and you, and you know you imagine if you're frustrated you know and you're like oh my god you gotta fucking dial the fucking number again just to be like ring 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 somebody answers hello and you'd like they instantly hang up again you're like fuck <laughs> dial this again <laughs> well not only that but they could like just leave the phone off the hook and, <laughs> and, and yeah and it just doesn't go through yeah man that's what he did like there's a subtle sound effect he just sets the phone down He's after like, that oh. second time he doesn't he doesn't hang it back up that's old school do not disturb 100 <laughs> percent. yep i do like how the music is used throughout the movie how the, how the radio sometimes Sometimes you think it's just like, oh, this is the score, and then you're walking by a radio, and you realize like, mm-hmm. oh, okay, or you hear the DJ come on, and it's like, oh, okay, where they're actually, the characters are listening to the music. Right. Well, there was one moment where like he was in the radio station, and like he, he there was like a, just a cut where the music just stops, and then a, another music starts, and I was like, what the fuck? Did he just like stop that music in the middle of this and they're transitioning mm-hmm. to another moment? And then I realized that, no, it was a cut to his house and he's listening to different music. But it took me like six, eight seconds to realize that. I, I like After I realized what was going on, I really enjoyed that. A couple of his needle drops, he stopped the song early to change to something different. Especially when he like, you know, puts the taped show on. He kind of cuts that other song off and he puts his tape show on and runs off, which is a really cool payoff. For like the ending of the movie, oh, hundred percent. You know, yeah, sure. that that like that like that sells really good. That's that's brilliantly written. Another long zoom in over on the radio, really and then long they zoom. Yeah, and then then, then they, that, they come out. That shot where they're just waiting on the radio. I was like, why why are we still here? Like, what's going on? Like, it was it was three or four seconds too long for sure. And you actually feel the camera guy anticipate them coming out. He goes. Huh? And then, then he like he kind of oh yep. shit there yep. they are yep. yeah and he goes with him. yeah he couldn't really tell. <laughs> this is like why are we just sitting on this? Come on! No, it was cool. That's a good moment though. Uh, I, I that's a very really nice wrap up to the movie, and it, and it's so clever and cool. It, it makes you like feel good about the movie. And you're like oh okay that's good. I appreciated that. Thank you. 
I, I just love that final like helicopter shot out from like the super close up on Jessica Walter's body floating in the water to <laughs> swooping around and there's credits and I love I that was I love that Clint Eastwood punches her out of the fucking face and knocks her out the window to get her there. What the fuck? That is such a great payoff. So ridiculous. One punch, man. One punch Dave. Oh my god. It is so. I mean, she stabbed him like eight times. It definitely, it's fair. He's like, all right, come on. She can only I'm do superficial cuts apparently because the, the housekeeper man, she fucking waylays her, and there, there's like blood spatter all over the walls and shit. And for some reason, she doesn't die. Yeah, but the cop gets one fucking scissors to the chest, and he's done. I don't know, man. You get you, you take a like a you know a giant pair of scissors to the fucking heart. It's pretty, <laughs> pretty, pretty baller. But like, how did the when the uh, when the lady comes into the house and then you know she pulls down the fucking like changing shade or whatever that that screen and chicks in there cutting up his, his clothes and then she turns around and she attacks and then she starts screaming for help like and then it just cuts like like how did she get away like I, I like that that's she weird didn't. it feels like there's something there a neighbor but why came is over. she dead did they though yeah the cops are there you're inferring all that because you just shows and then the cops are there I mean yes. yeah. Yes, I am inferring that that happened. I mean, what else yeah. would you... That is the implication. I don't know. It just seems like she didn't have enough time to, like, you know, I'd like to see somebody come in to make her stop because, like, it felt like, you know, she, she had she had the upper hand there. It didn't make sense that she was still alive. But it I did do... seem like there was enough time for her to go ahead and murder the cleaning person. Or run away. Well, why yeah. is she still there? I, I would assume that's what, you know, somebody stopped her. Somebody had to physically stop her from attacking this lady. Mm-hmm. What was yeah. her name? Birdie or something like that? Yeah, I would like to seen that, but I do. I do like how she's like, "I'm going to charge you double for this." <laughs> <laughs> I would have liked to seen that scene too, but it's nice thinking that she's dead, and then you get the the payoff that you know. That's what makes that line work. I think is where she, you know, when she say, "I'm going to charge you double," it's like, "Oh, yeah, yeah. oh," because even when she's laying in the stretcher, it's like is she fucking dead. She's fucking dead. Yeah. And then she moves her I don't eyes. Think she and was says, dying. I mean, the the cuts aren't deep. It's not. It's not like scissors to the chest. It's a lot of little superficial cuts on that wall. There, there, it cuts down to like this low angle of like you were looking over uh, Birdie or whatever, and we're up at <laughs> up at Evelyn, and there's this massive blood spatter on the back wall. I just assumed that was like bad production design because <laughs> what she was actually doing did not look like it was going to kill her. And I even was like, I hope she's not dying from this because that does not look like she's getting murdered at all. <laughs> She's probably better, <laughs> easy, easier to die from looking at the giant mess that she might have to clean up. She's like, "Fuck, really?" Yeah, she's like, <laughs> "Actually, I'm yeah, not coming what back." Party. <laughs> this? I see you're back Jesus to your old Christ. ways, Dave. <laughs> back on your bullshit. <laughs> you're back on your bullshit, <laughs> dude. That long fucking walk where they're like cutting, where he's walking with Toby, and they're walking like. They're walking toward the camera, and then they say like a little bit of the of the story, and then it cuts, and then they pick it up in another space, and, and it's it the cuts. exact same sentence. Yeah, and and they do that like six <laughs> times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're just like having a conversation, just assuming that we're gonna think that it's all the same conversation. But like, you're like way far away from where you were a second ago. What the hell? But it's definite ADR, and it's because of like some of that stuff that he's like answering too quickly. It felt yeah. like they're just reading the lines. That didn't sell very well, but 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 yet again, like all pretty shots, you know. There there was one scene where he's back in the bar the second time, where it was like 
obvious that it was actual on-location sound. And I was like, if this is what the movie sounded like for the mo- most of it, that explains why they did so much ADR. Because it was rough. Had four sa- three or four sound guys I saw on, on the credits. Mm, maybe that's where they saved some of their money. and That's why they did it all ADR. They're, they're hiring local. <laughs> Who's in the area? <laughs> I've had to clean that shit. That's not fun. Yeah, that, the walking's really bad. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I don't, I don't like that either. There's some shitty editing in this, though. I mean, I, yeah, I feel like some odd jump cuts. Yeah, I feel like they didn't oh have all God, the footage. Oh my God, there was a there was a literal jump cut at fifty four forty three. <laughs> you uh, it down. Are you talking about the waves? <laughs> yes, I was like, the did ocean? that just happen? Yeah. I had to rewind it, and I, I was like, that was just the waves, and then just fucking jump cuts back to the same shot of the waves. I was like, what the hell? I think they wanted the the waves to crash twice onto that rock, so they were like, well, pff, it's taking too long. Just put a cut there. <laughs> <laughs> like you have so many dissolves in this movie like just fucking dissolve it or like d- cut to something else and then cut back like i was like what the fuck just happened the audience will never know it's water you can't see a cut with water <laughs> no one's gonna see this twice <laughs> <laughs> that is probably actually what they thought okay there's something that's been bothering me you know how um evelyn brings out toby a cup of coffee or something the the Wait, the tea yeah, that yeah. she tea. makes her? And she's tea. like, oh, it's, it's got a lot of cinnamon in mine. Yeah, she's like, you like cinnamon, right? And she's like, yeah, yeah. And she's like, oh, shit, this is a bit too much. Does she drug her? Okay, I was thinking that same thing. I was like, there's no way this bitch is not like 100% putting something in, in her tea. Well, she's not really reacting. And especially like if you think about when Toby's on the bed, he like comes around the corner and he's like sneaking around trying to see where Evelyn is. And, and like, and like, um, Dave comes down the hallway and he sees Toby lying in the bed and then he goes and he like rolls her over. She looks like like she's possibly drugged and she's not really reacting to being yeah. tied up. Like if I was tied up and some bitch had a fucking knife, I'd be like trying to get the fuck out. Even when she's like laying on the thing on, on the uh, ground and she's cutting her hair, she just seems so like subdued. I feel like that's how this actress is the entire movie, though. Yeah, I agree with Brian. I thought at first she was going to drug her, but then... I didn't get any, like, the, her performance didn't change really at all. That's how she's acting the whole time. So it's just it's just bad acting. I think so. It's very subtle acting, you know? Uh, you know? An interpretation of the way her character is, you know? Bad is a strong word. Her face uh, when she's making love and when she's being tied up and threatened. Yeah, you know, it's the same. It's all the same. It's all the same. <laughs> it's the fucking Botox, bro. <laughs> she was 30, dude. Was she? Yeah. Both her and Jessica Walters, they were both 30. Wow. Or 29, I guess, when they filmed it. Really? I will say, it was it was, it was was really fucking gross watching them, like, fucking hug each other in that fucking goddamn waterfall. And you could see, like, all their goddamn bones in their fucking back. And I was just like, you fuckers need yeah. to eat a meal! Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, her hips were kind of bad. Um, and also, like, fucking Clint Eastwood's, like, kissing. Like, the first two times you see him kiss, there's like, eh. Like, it's, it's really bad. Yeah. Oh it's my really bad. Like, it's not hot. <laughs> it's not hot at all. It's He's just like, really bad kissing. doing most of the work. No, it was just, like, awkward. Like, argh. Just like, come yeah. on, man. Actually, like, kiss her or something. It was just really bad. Yeah, his first kiss with Jessica Walters was just the worst. It, was, it, was it looked painful. I it mean, was like, there's like a strike. It. it was like, you know, like they <laughs> hit hard. I don't know. Man, show a little tenderness. <laughs> show a little what? Tenderness. 
you're nothing. You're not even good in bed. I just felt sorry for you. That's all, you bastard. You poor, pathetic bastard. Yeah. Mm. Oh, jeez. How about how about the nice things? Like there's a little spot, there's a little spot in each day about your size. Oh, I'm sure there's a lot of girls that could fit that size. That was a good line. I like that. <laughs> or that romantic moment when Clint Eastwood's like, "Yeah, the reason I was fucking other women is because your goddamn roommates." Yeah, yeah. Tell tell them to stop how sitting I, next to us on the couch. Yeah. How am I supposed to bathrooms? sit around and, and, and like, like, I'm getting distracted by other women? I'm just like him sitting here. You're here. And I look over. There's another woman. So of course I'm thinking of other women. You're putting other women around me. <laughs> She's like, you're right. You're right. It's my fault. It's my fault. It's and my fault. I was getting jealous, and I don't <laughs> like it when people are jealous. <laughs> she totally. That's what she totally did. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. What the fuck? Place <laughs> was like, look into my eyes. You fucking grow up and not have to have roommates. We maybe we could be together. Like he should just move into her badass. But he has a badass right? place too, though. I don't know. You know, my dad left me this house with the payments. I can't do it on my own. <laughs> <laughs> I will say though, as as a as a thing that's like recurring throughout the fucking movie. When when they finally cut back to the house and you realize that Jessica Walters is the one that's the new roommate, I was oh, like, yeah. holy shit. That was a that was a good reveal moment. Yeah, that w- that worked well. Oh, bro, I just re- I just realized that uh, her dream, where she's like, I had a dream that I was in the ocean drowning, and you just oh, 100%. stood there watching. Yep, yep, that was all foreshadowing. Oh, nice. I dig that. That's cool. I just man, I, I that scene where she's like, she she does that, like you know, obviously she's putting that on. Or do you think she had that dream? Because it's so weird that he cuts back and she's like asleep, but. She, she had to be like acting there, or you know, in, yeah. in, in the movie. It's because like uh, Toby was calling, right, and was yeah. like, "Oh, we're hey, we're let's we're not going to go to this party. We're actually going to come have sexy time at my place." Do you think that she was listening on the other end of that line? Oh, absolutely. She, she, yeah, she picked you up hear like a tiny little click. Oh, do you? Yeah. Okay. I yeah, like I, the okay. like the phone is picking up. Yeah. And the minute Clint Eastwood walks out, she, Jessica Walters like dead set looking at that phone, man, eyeballing the fuck out of it. He had to sit there. He just sat there all night, staring in the corner, holding her, just thinking, "Damn." <laughs> I do love that second shot, though, when like he's kind of, kind of cuddling her, and there's that like slash of light behind yeah. them on oh, the when wall. It, when it dissolves into that, yeah, yeah, it's a good moment. He's just like, "Fuck, why is this happening?" At least he didn't instantly have sex with her, like uh, you know, um, <laughs> the last like they time did, she like, showed up naked. No, like like they did in um, Fatal Attraction. Didn't he have sex with her after she cut her wrists again? No. No. Oh, he waited? Okay, good. At least he waited. No, I think, I think it was done. No, I don't think he... Yeah, I think he was done by that time. Was he done? Okay, well, good. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <Okay. laughs> Once they go suicidal, it's a bridge too far. Yeah. Oh, no, that's one of his later movies. Oh, what'd you guys think of the, uh, the gay uh, art friend? <laughs> he was fucking fantastic. I thought his seafood line was uh, actually pretty yeah, that funny. Was funny. Yeah, uh, uh, that was pretty. Go funny. find some sailors. Oh, seafood! Oh, don't bring up seafood. <laughs> I was surprised. That, I mean, it doesn't it doesn't feel progressive today, but for a seventy one, like it was like, all right, good, good for you guys. It looks terrible now, yep. but, but you know, you got to look at when it came out. I mean, it was a little tropey, but like they they weren't being demeaning to him. It's, I mean, he was good friends with her, so it was pretty typical for the kind of expectation that you might have for something like this. I didn't think it was that bad, even for today. Yeah, that's this is all I got. Oh, I, I guess we didn't go over the budget. The budget uh, 
I can't find 100% sure what the actual number is, but it's somewhere between um, 750000 to 950000 Wow, really? Wow. That seems like a lot. I read one thing that said that Warner Brothers or whatever, the, the they, they told Clint Eastwood that he wouldn't get his normal rate, and so he worked for like points on the back end, basically. Well, that was something his, uh, I was watching an interview. He's like, yeah, my agent worked that out for me. It was, was kind of nice. I was like, I just want to direct it. We do it for free. Agent's like, well, we'll at least get you some back end points here. Come on. We get, we're, not, we're not doing it for free, okay? I need a commission too here, asshole. <laughs> Don't go saying this stuff for both of us. So what did it actually make? Oh, yeah. uh, sorry. Yeah, uh, its box office was uh, 10.6. Oh, damn, it made money. Wow. Okay. Not a huge hit, but, you know. I mean, you made it for under a million, and then it comes back with ten at in nineteen seventy one. That's that's pretty good. I mean, it's not like he was turned away from directing after this. So, it's what a was good another start. big movie that year, Brian? Seventy one. Dirty Harry. Dirty Harry. He had two out. Wow. Oh man, I think he, yeah. he had another one out. I think that year too. Holy shit! I think he had like two, maybe four movies out in uh, in seventy one. No, no, he had three. He did the Beguiled, which was also uh, Don Siegel. Uh, Play Misty for Me and Dirty Harry, all 71. Wow. Damn, he was working with fucking Don Siegel a lot. He did Two Mules for Sister Sarah in 1970 and Coogan's Bluff in 68. God damn, man. How many times did they work together? Five or six at least. That was one of the reasons why he wanted him in this movie, apparently. Can you explain to me why uh, if you type in Clint Eastwood into Google, it comes up and it says Fresh Uncle? What? (laughs) What? I don't even know what that means. I don't know. What the hell is a fresh uncle? It says Clint Eastwood, and it says fresh uncle, former mayor of uh, Carmel by the Sea. Yep, that's that's the town that this movie is set in. Yeah, so I guess they called him Fresh Uncle. That's weird. I, I don't know. Or, or is this like a Google error? <laughs> a Google error. I mean, Clint Eastwood or Fresh Uncle? Which one? Which mayor are you talking about? That's weird. He is a fresh uncle. I wonder, is like somebody trolling him because he's like a... A Republican? Is that a Republican slur? I don't know. Let me call my dad real quick. <laughs> <laughs> are, are, aren't most hackers like fucking liberal, or am I just? I don't know. Don't, don't, just take that out. Don't get us taken down. <laughs> well, they're listening to us right now. Obviously, oh, shit. <laughs> it's over Zoom. Yeah, I didn't mean to derail with that because it was. But yeah, anyways, that's really weird. No, fresh yeah. uncle isn't even a thing. Like, I don't know why it says that. You know, it might be, you know, how they uh, sometimes when, when uh, you're coding websites, they put like gobbledygook just to fill lines to make sure they can check headings and then it's, they fill in the lorem ipsum. Yeah. So maybe Fresh Uncle is a lorem ipsum. I'll send feedback to Google. <laughs> That's good. That's He's good. not my Fresh Uncle. He's incorrect. <laughs> He's 90 years old. He's a stank uncle. Okay. I sent it to him. What kind of uncle freshness are you talking about? The only, only Fresh Uncle I know is Uncle Phil. Yeah, well, that's the he if you type the in the fresh, fresh Uncle, that's the only thing that Google knows too. And then it looks like Fresh Uncle is a thing in Australia, but then when you click on it, it's the Fresh Prince of Bel Air, also. So I don't know. <laughs> that's weird. Anyways, very odd. Reddit's got a thing for it. Really? What's it say? What does Reddit say? How come when you Google Clint Eastwood, his name comes up as Fresh Uncle? <laughs> <laughs> Someone's fucking with the wiki page is what. But I it clicked says, on the Wikipedia nah, page Google and it says it's not Wiki there. is fine. It's Google's fucked yeah. up. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, that's it. That's the entire discussion. Oh, my God. Somebody troll in Eastwood. Kristen, what'd you think about the um, the wardrobe in this? Especially those baller-ass white shoes she buys him. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that bad, huh? And no, look, I just... Um... I'm not, I think I've said this before, I'm not like a huge fan of 70s clothing. And I feel like this movie like perfectly illustrates how like mundane 70s clothing can be. And I just look at it and I feel nothing. And I, I mean, I feel like I'm neutral about it, actually. Let's say that. Whereas like their hair is like bad. Um, But I don't know, like, like half of me, I I partly like it's what it's, it's, it's like, one of those things where you're like, did they just show up with their own clothes to this? Um, yes. But they didn't. No, no there was they a had a costume designer. designer. Clint Eastwood <laughs> had a costume designer. There's two costume designers on this movie, and Clint Eastwood had a, another separate costume designer that was credited. Okay, so that explains why it looks like this. Okay, so, um, yeah. It's, Pe- eh. Costume designers butting heads. Yeah, like not, there, no decisions were made. It looks yeah, Jessica Walter like uh, a wreck <laughs> on the behind the scenes. Just like yeah, I, I brought in my wardrobe. Oh yeah, okay, yeah, okay. There you go. Yeah, I was like, it, it really looks like they just brought in their own clothes. <laughs> it's fine. I think they. I mean, bought the coat. You have for to her. do that, I guess. Sometimes, yeah. The only thing that is really of note is that her coat it has like the fur around the collar that, she, like, when she takes it off and she's wearing nothing underneath. That's a pretty dope. But coat. even then, I was just like, that's not that great. <laughs> fine. Really? Fine. He's like wearing a he's wearing like a flowery kind of shirt that has a really kind of larger collar. Yeah, it's the seventies. It's the they yeah. all look like I, that. I, I like, I like that though. It was good. No, it's fine. It's fine. It wasn't like the it wasn't like the big flat going out across your chest collar. It still sat up like a collar, but it was kind of like you know not as big as an Elvis collar, but you know, yeah, had some had some, some girth to it. Yeah, it's the seventies. You can't get little things, little collars, and they all were large, much larger than they are today. Anyway, I thought his best outfit was was when he wakes up in the middle of the night and like throws the pants on, and then he, oh, puts, he puts on that, that just white t shirt. And he and puts the, that jacket. The jacket was super cool. It's a badass jacket. Yeah, I like his tidy whiteies. <laughs> I bet you did. Like his bony ass. <laughs> God damn, that motherfucker didn't need to eat yeah. this. God damn, he did. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs a meal in this movie, bro. You saw in his refrigerator, he had like six, six, twelve packs of fucking Heine. <laughs> she opens his it. fridge and goes, "Well, I don't know why you don't have beer in this fridge." <laughs> <laughs> Is this a shrunken head? I was like, what is that? Oh, it's a cherry tomato. Oh, that's what that was. Okay. Or, yeah, it was some kind of tomato. I, no, no, you're right. Yeah, that's what it has to be. A grape tomato. I don't I don't, I don't know ti- my small tomato. A tiny Roma. Tiny Roma. Tiny Roma. Oh, my goodness. Uh, are we at ratings here? Yeah. All right. It, it feels like it, Brian. Well, let's rate this thing. Ladies and germs, what are we doing? <sighs> Who's going first? I didn't know what to expect from this film, Brian. Uh, I was uh, had big, big things because I actually like a lot of the uh, Clint Eastwood movies. Uh, he's he's an excellent director, and and you can actually see a lot of promise. And, and I think him, you know, being an actor first helped him out a lot. And it seems like in this movie he was trying to do some things that he had seen before. You know, he's like, oh, this is my mm. chance. I might as well steal mm. from the greats if I can. It's fine. It, it, it's 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 a good movie. You know, it, it's it's enjoyable at times. Maybe it's a little long. Uh, some things feel like they could be cut out a little bit. But overall, it, it did what it was supposed to do. It made me feel on edge and nervous, and you know, like totally creeped out by this insane person. What are you gonna What are you gonna rate it though? 
Uh, it just feels like a standby, but I'm, I'm going to definitely give it an eight. It's totally, totally enjoyable. Very, very strong opening uh, directorial debut by Mr. Eastwood. Did we hear your internal dialogue for a second? Like You did. <laughs> All right, okay. I was just, just checking. You did. You did. <laughs> All right, who's going next? Okay. I enjoyed this movie a lot. The characters and how they interact with each other and uh, it is fascinating and it's so tense and there, there are stakes in this because you don't quite know how unhinged not just Jessica Walters, but you don't really know what anyone's doing. Everyone's like Clint Eastwood's a little on edge too, you know, like uh, it's kind of interesting because you just don't quite know what's going on. Um, a couple of scenes could be edited a little bit better. The There's the, the happy montage goes on for a bit too long. So does frolicking naked on the ground. Like that's <laughs> unsanitary and disturbing. And <laughs> um, <laughs> gross. I was like, please put on like put on a blanket or something. Like I know I just um that being said, I like visually I I was not really into it. I was just like, yes, this is what the 70s look like. Um, it was, it was kind of boring. Um, and so I, I was a little disappointed on that and I was, I was kind of hoping for more, but overall it's still a really great film. It's definitely a thriller. It's definitely worth watching. I loved a lot about it. Um, I'm going to give it a 7.5. Seven, what have we got? 7.5 and what'd you do, Jared? Eight? Eight. You going next, Greg? You going last? Oh, I'll go next. Um, man, I super enjoyed seeing young Jessica Walter. Like most of my experience with her has been Arrested Development from the early 2000s and on. So it was really cool to see her like with what felt like a, a pretty broad stretch for for all the the things that she was doing in this movie. Like she had some great close ups and some good like going from happy to really frustrated and sad and like a lot. I I just really enjoyed her performance in this. Um, I thought she, her character was was overall extremely strong for a character that's supposed to just basically be going psycho for the whole movie. Like she had some complexity that she brought to the character and she totally held her own against Clint Eastwood, who is, you know, legend among most actors. So I, I thought that was, that was super fun. Um, this being a directorial debut, this is closer to what I was kind of expecting from something like what we talked about last week with Lawrence Gaston. Or not last week, but uh, the week before. This feels like a directorial debut. This feels like, uh, yeah, no, you, this is your first time directing a movie. You've, you've acted in a bunch of things and you're trying, like Jared said, you're trying to steal from, from some of the greats that you've worked with. And you're trying some stuff. Some of it works. Some of it doesn't. Um, but there's a lot of promise and a lot of potential. I think we've seen in the last 40 years – 50 years that he's a pretty damn good director and this was a really good start i thought this was a pretty well-written movie you know like there, there's a lot of good beats here uh, we've seen this this same story kind of repeated several times especially over the last six weeks with all these erotic thrillers but this was pretty early on in this um some of the camera work is 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 really rough it's very 70s some of the handheld shots that they keep cutting back to um are a little bit more rough than i feel like they deserve to be the weird documentary of the jazz festival was an interesting foray for that but like it didn't really fit in the rest of the movie um the editing was a little slow at times 
but overall I thought the movie worked. Um, I was, I was enthralled for the entire thing. And, and when everything finally hit the fan at the, in that last like 12 minutes, I was on the edge of my fucking seat and, and absolutely here for all of it. So I feel like it was overall an effective movie because I gave a shit about what was going to happen to these characters. Um, and most of them went through a pretty damn good story arc. Um, yeah, Jared said it early on. There's a lot of boogers in this movie, and some of it kind of doesn't hold up as well as you'd like it to. But overall, it was a pretty fucking fun ride. I'm going to go with an eight. All right. Two eights and a seven five. All right. Um, I don't know. Let me, let me, let me talk this out a little bit. Um, okay, yes, the editing is bad. But I don't, I don't want to give the editor too much shit because a lot of these – a lot of these edit mistakes look – I don't know if they were any mistakes. I, it, it looks like the editor had a lack of footage to work with. Mm, and they were, I could see that. They were yeah. having to Band-Aid some things and cut some scenes out and keep things a little tighter and keep the pacing a little bit better. Because uh, for the most part, I think this movie moves really fast. The only parts that I have issues with, like pacing-wise, where I feel boring is that – long love making scene and like even at the very beginning when he's driving to work it's like fucking bro get on with it get the fuck to work <laughs> you know it's like five fucking minutes of the movie and the motherfucker's still driving <laughs> i mean it is opening credits but yeah you're right yeah it's a, it's, a, it's a little they had to so. pay for that helicopter bro they didn't have a big of a budget like we paid for it we're using it mm. cut, cut some of that down just like half a day we don't need a whole day just half a day yeah but everything else in this movie i just I, I love all this stuff. I I love like the the low budget like energy that's in this film. Like I the mm-hmm. handhelds and the zooms and like all the mistakes that we're calling boogers. Like I, I don't know. I, I feel like that's what makes it work. That's what makes this like have a little bit of energy and spontaneity and it feels a little fresh. Like I don't know. Just thinking about back in like Fatal Attraction, like. I, th- I think Fatal Attraction wanted to be kind of like the, the raw, raw movie like this, but they did that with the characters. You know what I mean? And this one is more of a photography, like stylized version. And I don't know. I, I like I like both of these movies a lot. The editing does hold this back just a, a little bit. I think I'm going to come in at a nine. Um, Clint Eastwood's direction is so strong, though. I mean, you can – man. And it, it does feel like a George Romero film, like just the – the handheld shots. There, I mean, there's even moments where you get like at the end where you get those close up of the eyes, and it's like, man, you. I can, oh, those are great fucking. Shots. I can see you pulling from Sergey Leone here. You know, it's like I can, like you can yeah. watch, yeah, uh, Dirty Harry and those zooms, and it's like, okay, this is Don Siegel here, and it's like you're taking these people and a little little bit of Hitchcock, and I mean, obviously, it it feels like to me that. Clint Eastwood saw Night of the Living Dead before he made this movie as well. Um, and, and, and these things kind of all clicked in his brain. And here we go. We have Play Misty for me. It's, it, it's a nice kind of early example of the erotic thrillers. And this is, way, this is way more enjoyable than fucking Eyes Wide Shut. I just enjoyed this more as a fucking movie. <laughs> you know, watching it, I'm like, okay, look, here. That's fair, Brian. I know what this yeah, genre 100%. is. Yeah. Like every, I'm just, this all makes perfect sense. And I'm enjoying it. I Technically breaking the rules, but I'll allow it. Who's breaking what rules? Oh, well, no, I already don't be comparing it to another. Film. I, I already, I already, I already gave my rating. I, you know, that, that was oh, okay. this, this yeah. is like the an rating is not thing. the comparison. The enjoyment is the comparison. Oh, that's, okay, that's yeah, fair. that's right. Yeah, yeah, I get it. Yeah, I, I'm definitely gonna watch this one again. I'm probably not gonna eyes, watch Eyes Wide Shut <laughs> for like another ten years. <laughs> 
until we do our entire Kubrick retrospective. You know, some of that would be a lot of fun. Some of it. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes brings this in at, at an 84% tomato meter and a 72% audience score. IMDb brings us in at a 6.9. Almost good. 69. Way to go, IMDb. <laughs> they knew what they were doing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so with that, Jim, you've been listening to the Movie Crew Podcast. If you want to get in touch with us, you can do so by sending us an email to moviecrewpod at gmail.com. And you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, also at moviecrewpod. Jared, where can the audience find you? You can find me on Instagram at CheckTheGate or on Twitter at Jared B. Callen. Griggs, where can they find you? I'm on Instagram and Twitter at Griggsy Media. That's G-R-I-G-G-S-Y Media. Kristen, where can they find you? You can follow me on Instagram at Kristen Magdalene. That's Kristen with a K and an I. And you can find me on Twitter at Elkins Edits. And uh, we're going to close out the show tonight. Uh... Misty? Yeah. We're going to play... Earl Garner's Misty. And now here's a pretty one for the lonely lovers on a cool, cool night. It's the great Earl Garner's classic, Misty. And this one is especially for you, Evelyn.
You're not dumping me, Buster Blue Eyes. <laughs> Get off my back, Jared! <laughs> Get off my Get off back. your back? Wait, that's where you've been keeping me lately, isn't it? 